I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And I'm Peter Schubert. And we love to watch. We love to watch. The dogs get hungry. Peters. We have Peter. We have Peter. We have not Peter. I think we should call me not Peter for this entire episode. Ideally. <laughs> you're, you're the only not Peter. Yeah. So not going to be confusing at all. Um, if you guys do get confused, uh, you can call me uh, not not Peter. And we'll call Peter uh, Herr Peter. Yeah. Or you can call me just German Peter or I'd, I'd like to call it Peter. Peter. Yes. <laughs> That's how we pronounce it. Huh? <laughs> yes. First off, let me just speak for our audience. Your accent is awesome. <laughs> Your accent's great. If you didn't hear a Running Man episode, Peter was uh, was supposed to be a guest there. He had some stuff come up. And we are so happy to have been able to reschedule him for this movie. Uh, he's our first international guest. Uh, so we can officially say we are, we are not just American-focused anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good, because our country is... Just going right down the tubes. Yours is on the up and up. So we're going to try to hitch our hitch our uh, rope to your wagon. Is that what you hitch to wagons? We, we hitch, no, you hitch your wagon to people, Aaron. Come on. With what? If, you, if not a rope. I think a hitch. You think the hitch you accomplishes all of it? <laughs> you hitch your wagon. You, so you don't rope your hitch to someone? Do you know what a hitch is? I, no, I've never seen the Will Smith starring movie. I'm assuming he's a love doctor. He's a date doctor, actually, I think. And he he, uh, he showed how Kevin James can still find love, even though he's so fat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's it's an important point. lesson to teach everyone who's not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not recurring on this podcast, am I? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Peter, before we kind of get into I know you brought a game. We're really excited to, to give that a whirl. And I think we have a lot to talk about with this movie. So, this is the final week of Apocalypse. Um, apocalypse. Apocalypse. Uh, and uh, we're doing White God. Yeah. And your, your uh, puns are off the hook, by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> here's, the, here's the problem with the accent. I can't tell what's sarcastic. <laughs> that could be a problem yeah. <laughs> yeah my natural my natural inclination is to assume when anyone talks to me in a positive manner they're being sarcastic so it's gonna be it's gonna be really bad this episode i think yeah no. and now i because i'm i grew up with uh sarcastic people uh now i just assume if anybody is saying anything to me i just ass- and i can't tell if it's sarcastic i just assume they're being very sincere it's made life a lot easier, especially for insults. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you. I did do a great job. Yeah. I am like Einstein. <laughs> I could yell at you in German if you want. Oh, please. Yeah. Like, please. You know, like, um, stop, halt, nein, hör auf, hör auf, hör auf, hör auf. People pay a lot of money for that. So that's, we got that free. <laughs> that's for free, yeah. <laughs> to be 
to be yelled at in German in this country, that's like a week's worth of pay, I think. But you know, your your president, he's from Germany too. He's his, I think his grandparents or great grandparents came from Germany. Yeah, we noticed. <laughs> yeah. We fucked it up again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh. two Hitlers. Come two Hitlers. Hitler was yeah, from Austria. Specific- oh, yeah, that's true. He's, but Trump is specifically like an American brand of awful, so we'll take all the blame for this piece nah. of shit. Yeah, it, it, it's on us. If anything, yeah, now Germany's the beacon of the world of light. And while yeah. we're like, what while happened? We're like telling the, while, while we're telling the president of the Philippines, like, he's doing great. He's getting rid of the drugs <laughs> as he slaughters thousands. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so, Peter, before we get too far into this, why don't you tell us three things about yourself? Uh, let's do two in English and one in German. Oh, all right. Um, so, um, uh, you already know that I'm German, so I'm cutting that one out because that's my whole thing here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gotta have that hook. No, um, I actually, the first thing I want to tell you, um, I, I went to law school. And I uh, actually finished it, and I'm um, becoming a lawyer next October, so, yeah. That's awesome, man. This podcast needs representation. That's the one serious thing about me. Yeah, do you have a... <laughs> yeah, let's, have a, let's get this one out of the way. <laughs> do you have a focus? Specialized in criminal law, so I'm the guy you don't want to talk with. You don't ever want to have any contact with me. Are you going to be a defense attorney or a prosecutor? Uh, no, I'm I'm too bad for a prosecutor. I only can do defensive attorney. So well, I have to we, with... we wouldn't want to talk to you if we were accused of a crime in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> if you... Uh, at any time, if you uh, if you are accused of any crime in Germany, I'll, I'll probably can help you, like for a few euros, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> how about how, can we pay you in guest appearances on this show? <laughs> you definitely can, eh? because um, okay. I, I want to be famous so bad. <laughs> you are. All, I I don't know how to tell you this, Peter. Both both of you, you're on the wrong show. Ah shit! <laughs> the other Peter talking. It's like it's the the second podcast after film spotting. Eh? Oh, Peter, like everyone got to work. Like I'm green in projecting a level of confidence, <laughs> but I think I think you're 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 going just into just straight lying. I got him on the show, so oh fair enough. And uh, so Peter, what's the third thing about you, preferably in German? The third, I I, I didn't. Talk about the second thing. Well, we can go to the third no, if you want. Yeah, we'll do the third one in German. Let then okay. let's go back to the second thing in English. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to. This. It has to do something with the show. Um, I'm actually a dog owner. Oh really? Um, I have a I have a, a pure breed Labrador mm. called Dixon after the Mason and Dixon line and after the novel by Thomas Pynchon. That's awesome. <laughs> Anyone asks, they never know what I'm talking about. Because here in Germany, nobody reads Thomas Pynchon. <laughs> Except for me, of course, because I'm like, you know, some kind of literary superstar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very obscure reference. And I like that because, um, you know, in my heart, I'm a stupid hipster. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you, uh, both I don't, of us are too. Yeah, yeah. Is Germany less populated with them than America? I don't know. There, there are many people with stupid beards and stupid clothes, but they <laughs> yeah, don't know. Yeah, taken over. Yeah, but the the references, the pop culture references, they aren't that good. 
as in the U.S., I think. Yeah, yeah that's what I, I – I feel like I'm a hipster in the fact that in some of my music choices, movies, stuff like that, but, like, my fashion style is still, like, whatever's on sale at Old Navy. Yeah. I'm, like, a hipster disguised as a dad. That That's cool. <laughs> my fashion style is whatever my mother lays out for me, so – <laughs> You're cooler than me. <laughs> That's a good setup. So the third thing, right? Third thing in German. I don't want to understand in German. word. So um, so everybody out there, I'm talking in German now. It's a very harsh language. So I, 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 I'm not going to insult you, but it, it's going to sound like I'm going to insult you very harshly. <laughs> See, you just said that you were speaking German now. And for a second, I was like... Do I understand German? <laughs> so maybe you you can talk German, Aaron. Yeah, I, I understood every word. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so in German now, um, I can say everything right now, right? You wouldn't Maybe understand. Uh, some some studious listener may translate it, uh, but uh, we're probably not. All right. So um, ich liebe diesen Podcast und deswegen werde ich mein Bestes tun hier eine gute Form abzugeben und deswegen werde ich jetzt noch ein bisschen weiterreden, obwohl es gar keinen Sinn mehr macht. Und das ist das, was ich jetzt hier auf Deutsch sagen werde. Das ist meine dritte Sache und das werde ich jetzt noch ein bisschen weiter rausziehen und dann sind wir fertig. Und dann können wir weitermachen. Müssen wir nicht mehr über mich reden, weil ich weiß überhaupt nicht, über was ich mehr reden soll. Ein Gruß an alle meine deutschen Freunde da draußen. Danke. Jetzt geht's weiter. So, I'm done. I know. Uh, right? I think I might have caught the first thing you said. Podcast? Really? Uh, did you say, Ich liebe dich podcast? Or, Ich liebe, you love the podcast? Yeah, yeah. This uh, was the first thing I said. Yeah, I know like five German things. And uh, that happened to be one of them. And that's a very sweet thing to say. Yeah. I, know uh, Aaron, I know one. It's podcast. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> podcast is podcast in German. So, yeah. <laughs> You didn't do Perfect. the French thing where you guys made up your own word for everything? No, no. Uh, I don't want to get into the French. Uh, no. <laughs> Not <Rivalry's> today. strong. <laughs> the rivalry uh, okay. is very strong. Yeah? All right. Well, Peter was nice enough to bring a game. So before we start talking about White God, Peter, what do you got for us today? Yeah, uh, I've got some titles for you. Some of them are, uh, they're all German uh, distribution titles of uh, known movies. And some of them are translated back into English. And some of them are original replaced English titles of uh, original English titles. So um, that's the thing uh, we do in Germany. We like to replace English titles with our own English titles because we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, I feel like every country does that, including like... The United States uh, renames foreign movies all the time. It's okay, but I you know we are on the Germany is sucks train right now, so well, keep it for later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You, you, um, you can't be on that train because the rest of us are relying on you guys, Peter. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> You're certainly not relying on me. Well, not, yeah, no, not you guys. <laughs> Well, you specifically, when I choose to commit a crime in Germany. Yeah. It will happen. It, it will happen. It, it definitely will happen. But anyway, sorry, Peter. Continue with uh, with the game. It's okay. So uh, I'm, I'm going to read you the titles. And you have to guess which film it is. All right. All right. And I, I feel my, my accent is getting worse by the second. <laughs> well, no, we, should, no. we, should, we should tell everyone it's, what, 4.15 in the morning where Peter is. He has uh, been so gracious to 
uh, accommodate our schedules, and we have done nothing to accommodate his. So, so it's it's the German way, I guess. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> so, Peter, do you want to go first? Peter, because I, I like your name so much, I have an easy one for you to start with. Huh? <laughs> the translation is um, "The Incredible Journey in a Crazy Airplane." <laughs> and in Germany, it's called "Die Unglaubliche Reise in einem verrückten Flugzeug." Uh, I'm guessing it's not Flight 93. Nope. Uh, it is uh, airplane. It's airplane, yeah. Airplane with a <laughs> exclamation mark. Do you do you mean United 93? What did I say? Flight 93. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm like, I think he's trying to do a really dark joke. Um, <laughs> it, it would be really fucked up if we called Flight 93 <laughs> the incredible journey in a crazy airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Germany is that evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. You got a point, Peter. We get it. I will take uh, it. All right. Aaron, you're up. Yep. So, um, the English translated title is Year 2022, Those Who Want to Survive. <sighs> Blade Runner? Nope. Do we only get one guess? No, no, you can guess. <laughs> you can guess as long as you want. I can give you some hints. I feel like you're a fairer host than the other Peter, because Peter just gives me one guess and then tells me I'm wrong, and then kind of celebrates it a little bit. We Germans are not all smiles and sunshine, but sometimes we are. Um, so you're 25. Uh, Road Warrior? No, uh, I'll give you one. Um, it's starring Charlton Heston. Bro, oh, uh, Charlie, uh, fuck, what's the, what's the movie where he battles mutants? Omega Doug Man? Knows. He's, yeah, the Omega Man. That was, that was my guess. Uh, no, wrong again. Soylent Green? <laughs> yes, Soylent Green. Oh, okay. Alright. So, next one, um, okay, this one's very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's called, um, S-H-I-T, the High School Limited. Like, limited in the company way, you know? Oh. Um, sh- sh- shit limited? Yeah, it's, it's 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 called Shit the High School Limited. Shit the High School Limited? Um, uh, Mean Girls? Nope. American Pie? No, yeah, that, uh, it would have been my guess, really. Um, it's a bit newer, and it stars Jonah Hill and, From yeah, Superman? Jonah Hill. No, no, it's not super bad. Um, Jonah Hill and I think Justin Long. Oh, wait. 21 Jump Street? No. no. Justin, oh, um, Accepted? Yeah, Accepted. Shit. The <laughs> it's, it's about, it's about the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Wait, yeah. did... Yeah, yeah it's, it's not even about a high school. <laughs> yeah. In Accepted, did they make their own school? Is that why it's called, like, Limited, like a company at the end? Yeah, but it's a college, so... That's so weird. Shit, shit high school limited. I feel like <laughs> that would have got found out quicker than And it, it's, it's abbreviated like, you know, um, like NASA, but it doesn't stand for anything. It's just S-H-I-T. <laughs> it just don't stand for anything. That is so silly. Yeah, it's just, it, <laughs> silly is a nice word for it. <laughs> I also like the idea of like, accepted strikes me as exactly the kind of movie we would make. It would make like... A little bit of money, and then they would never bring to other countries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I've seen it like two times. It's on TV here all the time. Eh? Oh, interesting. It, yeah. Germany is the only country that's embraced Justin Long. <laughs> <laughs> and he means the only country, because America... The only country, yeah. Not. Literally the only country. <laughs> yeah. There's no other country uh, who 
has even heard of Justin Long, I think. No. I don't know if Justin Long could get 100 people, even in Germany. <laughs> he can get like 15 people. Yeah, I, I think like that's pretty good. 15 that's drunk, bad. very drunk people. <laughs> Actually, uh, um, there is a song called Big in Japan that's very popular in Germany. By Alphaville. Yeah. How do you know it? Uh, is it from, from which country is it? Um, uh, I feel like Alphaville was some Scandinavian, but... Alphaville is a German synth-pop new wave band. Oh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was news to you, Peter, so... <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought this was some Hesselhofian shit right there. That explains why the song Big in Japan was so big in Germany. <laughs> it was. Uh... <laughs> so, next title, guys. Peter is up again, right? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay, okay. Let's play like this. I'm German. I have to. Uh, okay. You know. uh, no, I think I think I would be my. It would be my guess. So I got the. He got the point on mine, but I got. The okay, point. okay, okay. So, so it's your guess, Aaron. Yeah. So um, this is very shittily translated by me, <laughs> and it says, um, "When it comes to dying, everyone is first, and dying like in the death way, not dying like Easter eggs or hair." Is that second part part of the title? <laughs> nope. It's just uh, when it comes to dying, everyone is first. <laughs> okay. I'm like, that's that's like some sort of weird, uh, like, island off the coast of Turkey that would do that title. But, <laughs> man, I have no idea. These are so like good. A, uh, it's a 70s movie starring Burt Reynolds. Deliverance? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Deliverance. Nice. I mean, right, only we're all, we're only one up. person died on that. Yeah, but Whatever. you know, when it comes to dying, everyone is first. Or two people died. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, everyone is first, according there's to so the title. <laughs> I mean, there's so many worse potential titles for that movie. I feel like that's a win for everyone. It's a, right. <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty stupid, nonetheless. I think. Yeah, pig squealer. So yeah, now now a- we're getting now it's getting a little bit insulting. For all of our obese listeners, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, we got to do some rapid fire here. So, Peter, go nuts. One, yeah. two, three, we're going to answer so we can get into White God. All right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Um, so, the next thing is called The Wedding of My Fattest Slash Best Friend, because that's essentially the same meaning in Germany. My big, Don't ask. Fat, <laughs> my big fat Greek wedding? No. Wedding and my uh, my best friend's wedding. No, uh, it's um, uh, it's starring that um, bridesmaids. The other one, you know, the B version. It's been the cinemas a a few years after that, I think. Um um um. Oh, with like Lizzie Kaplan and shit. In it? Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I've seen this movie. Uh 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 uh. I don't know. Bachelorette. All right. Bachelorette. All right, I didn't get that one. Let's so next one, um, the heavyweight, heavyweight, heavyweights. Just the heavyweight. It's a it's a modern movie. No, there's, a, there's a movie called Heavyweights. Yeah, it's a, it's starring Kevin James. Oh. Oh. What was that fucking? Oh, above. Uh, here comes the boom. Right. Uh, by the way, just <laughs> one second. Kevin James is extremely popular in Germany. Why? Apparently. Because uh, King of Queens reruns here all the time and everybody knows him and he, he's been on German talk shows all the time. He's more popular than he could ever be in the US. <laughs> was it... Yeah. What, 
was it called the Chancellor of Queens? <laughs> <laughs> um, the bur- the Burgermeister of Queens. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, no, I, that's really really strange. Uh, over here, he's mostly famous for yeah, like movies like Here Comes the Boom after he- after King of Queens. Oh. So if, you guys can have uh, him and Justin Long if you want. We like them. We can we keep them. If you tell us what happened to Franca Potente, we'll, we'll you can have Justin Long for life. You guys are responsible for her. <laughs> <laughs> I have three left who are um, replaced English titles. Um, this one's called Ninety Six Hours in Germany. I hope it's one hundred and twenty seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool, but no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the uh, Mr. Show so we just we just we just the highest number subtracted 31 hours I don't know yeah uh, what about Crank uh, no it's an action movie starring Liam Neeson Taken yeah boom there's the does, boom does it yeah, here yeah, comes the boom cool. again <laughs> that was the <laughs> aforementioned boom that Kevin James promised he did bring the boom <laughs> well, we don't know if he actually brought it. He just kept announcing it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now for something artier. Uh, this one's called Last Exit Reno in Germany. Last Exit Reno. Leaving Las Leaving? Vegas? No. It's the debut by a pretty famous director. Can't think of any. Um, <laughs> Duel? <laughs> no. um, Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, Star Wars is called Last Exit Reno in Germany. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Was we, we couldn't think of anything to call it, so we just called it Last Exit <laughs> Reno. <laughs> no one's gonna know Reno's a city. In yeah, America. no one's a Reno. It's like, it's like a stupid star war planet. <laughs> There's another universe. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was really bad. Sorry. Um, I got. I got no idea. I, I have okay. no idea who star- who stars in it. John C. Riley and other people. Boogie Nights. Oh, Hard Eight. Yeah, Hard Eight. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. That's not that. Yeah. That's not that crazy. Now that I think about it, that was that. You gave good clues on that one. I should have gotten yeah. that. I love how John C. Riley automatically. Goes to PTA. That's that's cool. Yeah, it is awesome. <laughs> that's only because of us. Like everyone else would be stepbrothers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like mo- movie movie nerds. Like oh, stepbrothers uh, claim yeah. debut by Adam McKay. I don't know. Talladega Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's he's like our most versatile actor. He's gotten to work with like. He's really good. I love him. I love him. He's no Justin Long. Yeah, he's not Justin Long. <laughs> Yeah, he's no Kevin James. Either. He's no Kevin James either. He's he's, he's his own thing. Eh? Yeah. He's not as attractive as Justin Long and Kevin James. Oh my God! Can you imagine if Kevin Long and Ju- Kevin Long, if Justin <laughs> Long and Kevin James like? Oh, can you imagine if they're attractive? He he could be called Kevin Long as well, and nobody would notice. <laughs> like oh oh, it's Kevin Long. Last one, guys. This one is my favorite huh? because it's so so stupid. It's called Red Eagle in Germany. Red Eagle. Red Eagle. Yeah. Uh, 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 is there a Red Eagle in the movie? No, it's it, it, it's uh, it's starring um, Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, this changes everything. Call Marcus. <laughs> yeah, call Marcus. Universal Soldier. No. Bloodsport. Much stupider. 
think easier. Uh, I don't know. It's, it, 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 I think it's not a very well-known movie of his. In in Hell? Legionnaire? I don't think you'll get it. JCVD? No. Oh, uh, uh, um, shit. What again, the, the movie is called Street. Red Eagle. Red Eagle. Street, Street Fighter. Fighter? Nope. It's not double teamed? Uh, should I should I say it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, go ahead. it's Black Eagle. <laughs> 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 it's Black Eagle starring JCVD, and we called it Red Eagle because. Black doesn't sound badass at all. <laughs> What if it was a big red eagle? We have to call it a red eagle. <laughs> oh, that also just sounds like a big, like, fuck you. There are no <laughs> black eagles in Germany. <laughs> Apparently. Only red um, eagles. <laughs> thank you so much for the game, Peter. Before we do it, we have... It was really good. Um, tell that was awesome stupid as hell. Thought, like, I can't... I kind of expected them to all be airplane levels of easy, and yeah, they were not. Um, but before, I like, I like but, to challenge you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but before we start talking about the movie, Peter, you were supposed to be on our Running Man episode. You promised us a good Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Oh, shit. Peter, really? Please do your Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. What about the husbands? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was really, really good. good. Almost as good as Peter and my own. Yours was better, come on. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> in Germany and Austria, do people do impressions? All the time. Of Schwarzenegger. It's our, it's, it's our favorite pastime but because... Um, um, That's awesome. <laughs> the most funny thing I saw on TV last year was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger on, um, on German uh, public broadcasting. He 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 was visiting a ski event or something like you know downhill skiing and he was just standing there and everybody knew he wasn't paying attention to the event and so they asked him yeah what's your favorite skier and he just like I like every skier <laughs> <laughs> he, he was just standing there he didn't he didn't know where he was I guess <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, like, over over there, do you guys make jokes about him being a dummy, or do you guys just think he's, like, a, just a weirdo? Both. <laughs> I wasn't sure if there was, like, a specific bent to the jokes, because we, we just think he's, like, a very It's so funny man. to me that he plays anyone else, like, in an Austrian or in German. Was how, how on earth can he pass for an American? When he was elected governor of California... I have to imagine California. Yeah, I have to imagine that's like the equivalent of like uh, Turkey electing Bull, Bill Pullman chancellor. Where everyone's just like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like everyone here is like, "This is nuts." Did, did Turkey just elect fucking Bill Pullman based on the scene in, in Independence Day to lead their country? And and everyone else is like, "All right, I don't know what you're doing." turkey but uh, sure and that is probably what <laughs> germany and austria was like when we elected like Arnold Schwarzenegger, governor of our most populous state like guys it was funny he's yeah. not really the commando <laughs> to the chopper um yeah <laughs> get to the chopper your your impression of him is better than mine i can't do it like no uh part of arnold's magic is that he has not been able to shake his accent never completely. And it's, like, made him a more interesting actor. So I think inherently 
you have the base of a better accent. But I've been listening to Arnold growl at people since <laughs> I was born. So in a way, we have equal ground for an Arnold. That's cool. So we're on equal footing here. And I'm way above both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron is our master. Aaron is our Hagen. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys do you guys want to start talking about White God? Ah, uh, why not? So, uh, I am five seconds, so... Uh, five second recap. Uh, Snoop Dogg was right. It is a doggy dog world, at least for a little bit. <laughs> I, think, I think five second recap has just become, like, new taglines for the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this dog bites off more than <laughs> I love it. It just keep on going. Yeah. yeah. And hungry goes to the dogs. Some dogs are so hungry they have their fill. This dog's got just as much bark as he has This bite. dog ain't a dude. <laughs> this dog ain't playing no games. If you want to see Assault Up Precinct 13 but with dogs, check out White God. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see Planet of the Apes but like all artsy and European and shit, watch White God. It's getting, like, we're not getting, like, dumber. We're just getting not funny. So I'm laughing, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Coming at you now. Five, five second to... recaps. And you should do something about, like, this dog's purpose is to kill. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had better. something better. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. You, got, yeah. you had the dot, dot, dot visualized pretty well. Yeah. Sometimes a dog's purpose is to kill. That's good, yeah. I like that. I think it should just be the Predator 2 tagline. He's in town with a few days to kill. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's it's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> but seriously, uh, so... You, no. you could have stopped stop this anytime. So, 90 second recap. Uh, this town's gone to the dogs. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> 90 second recap is a uh, young girl gets dropped off with her stepfather, who she's not very close with. As well with her dog Hagen, uh, Hagen, uh, I guess. So this film takes place in Hungary, and it is about a uh, sort of like working class father who's taking care of his his daughter while his his uh, you know his ex wife is away at a conference. The building that he lives in in the city has like strict breed restrictions, and uh, the dog happens to be a sort of mutt, or he's not you know a Hungarian breed. Eventually, the dad has enough conflicts with the daughter that he kicks the dog out of the car. And the daughter goes looking for the dog because it's her best friend in the world. The daughter and the dad sort of conflict. The daughter kind of rebels against the dad because she uh, doesn't, you know, respect him. And that she, you know, all she cares about is this dog and he threw her out. So she has no reason to live anymore. Um, you know, she's not being very good at a band practice anymore. Not playing her trumpet well. Hagen goes on his own journey that arguably as, as long of the film as her journey. 
So Hagen is abused by dog catchers and, you know, he's picked up by this uh, homeless man who also abuses him and then sells him to a dog fighter and the dog fighter abuses him. Hagen eventually escapes and Hagen has picked up through this, this abuse, this gauntlet of, of abuse, uh, ability to like gather and organize dogs. So he ends up at a, uh, a shelter, you know, he's been injured and they're about to throw him. You basically like put him down and in the last moments he tears out the throat of a dog catcher there, a, you know, a, a worker at the shelter releases hundreds of dogs and the dogs basically take over the town and the girl risks life and limb to go, uh, you know, stop her dog that, you know, got free and caused all this chaos. This girl goes to risks everything to get him back. And at the end, he does not recognize her. You think he's going to maul her apart. She makes it up with her father. The father agrees to help her with this journey. And she calms uh, Hagen down and reminds him of the dog that he used to be. And the film ends with this really stirring shot of all of the dogs um, calmed by this like act of selfless kindness by the girl. All 200 dogs are laying down in this uh, kind of cul-de-sac and um, first the daughter lays down and then the dad comes over and lays down as well. So it kind of ends with this aerial shot of just everybody laying down and someone asked to, if they should call the police and they're like, the dad's like, just give, a, give us a little time. So it's a very weird ending. Uh, and I think this actually transitions well to just our general thoughts and experience with this movie. So I had never seen it. It had kind of been on my list. It was brought to my attention through uh, Tasha Robinson's review on uh, on the Dissolve website that is very important to to all of us on this uh, podcast. Uh, and I, it was so it's been in my Netflix queue forever. It has that Netflix queue curse thing where when something's readily available that you wanted to watch, you never end up watching it. Uh, and you only watch the stuff as, as scarcity mounts. Uh, that's called economics. But uh, <laughs> so I'd never seen it before. I like it. I come down on the positive side, but it's it's really a tough movie to, I don't know, to, to kind of figure out what its point is, what it's trying to do. The director has said that it's basically almost like a mediation on poverty, uh, but instead of poor people or people without uh, means, he made them as dogs to kind of remove the people equation from this idea of a lesser class of citizen, which is all well and good, but it also causes this situation where at least when a human being is like getting like that revenge and like kind of like that uh, fascistic type way that like a lot of movies have that yeah this person's been beaten and downtrodden and now he's gonna go you know kill a bunch of people the Django's the straw dogs all those kind of things it still feels kind of a little sadder coming from dogs because they don't have that like personal satisfaction and they're like only conditioned to do this because of the abuse that they were suffered by humans and then it also has those scenes where they are losing the battle so it's just a SWAT team shooting and killing dogs in the street and then the ending is also like okay well now that they're all calmed down I know the movie cuts out they're going to kill all these dogs because you can't just have a wild pack of dogs who has killed a bunch of people roaming the street. So I think in its, I think it's in its, it's 
I think it, in its attempt to take this idea of a lower class of citizen and, and make that same type of um, the the mis the mistreated classes rebelling and putting that class into dogs, it makes a very interesting movie that results in a lot of conflicting emotions and feelings. So I'm positive on this, but I'm left with a lot of like, huh. What? Why? What is go? Why are they doing this? What? What was the reason for this? So yeah, uh, Peter Schubert. Uh, what's your What's your uh, experience with this movie? Have you seen it before you came on the show, or uh, and what did you? Generate? Yeah, I've seen it before. I think it's an it's a pretty interesting movie, but it's also a pretty stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> Everything with the dog is is pretty good and pretty cool. But I can't really live with the human angle because everybody except for the girl is such a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think the dad redeems himself. A little bit, but because he's so he's so mean to her with we we don't get to see why he's you know, he's divorced from his from, from her mom, but we only see him as a as an asshole, essentially. Until the last few minutes. I feel like he redeems himself at the police station after she fucks up. And that's like where the heart of the movie came from for me is like their relate their budding relationship. And I guess like the if they didn't have that drug scene where the guy basically makes the girl hold on to his drugs. I forget the kid's name, but he makes Lily hold on to his drugs for him at that part. I think he's actually called Peter. <laughs> is he? <laughs> yeah, he's Hungarian Peter. Drug Peter. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> Too many Peters involved here. Uh, uh, too I'm many, too him. many cooks. Too many Peters. Yeah. Can I just call him Party Boy? Um, he's sort of a sympathetic character. The father becomes sympathetic for me, but I agree with you that there's some uh, assholes in this movie, and that like the dogs are way more sympathetic. Needlessly mean to dogs. I don't. Are Hungarians that much of a cat people? I don't know. <laughs> I agree with with German Peter that I I think they probably could have done the same story and. Not giving her a character in the middle, like he, she goes away, it follows the dog, and then, you know, she at the end when the dogs start kind of roaming the street, she knows what to do. Like, I think her story during that midsection gets really boring, and the interesting story is with the dog, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and the movie's long enough as it is. Like, it's it's over two hours. This This type of, like, movie does not need to be ever over two hours and I think the padding to try to give Lily more of a character arc and I will say too Peter to your point about the dad so maybe this was just me but I thought there was some really weird stuff at the beginning with the dad that I wasn't really maybe it was just a cultural difference ogled her all the time yeah he ogled her she like was like very conscious about making him turn around while she was dressing they were sleeping in the bed and he kept saying come back to bed stay with me and like there was a really creepy vibe you shouldn't have to say that as a daughter it should be implied <laughs> that he has to turn around yeah <laughs> i didn't read it that way I, could, I think the first time i watched it i read it that way i think the second time i I um this is my this is my uh, repeat watch for me. Uh that stuff didn't bother me because I saw it as like he hasn't connected with her since she was a little girl. So he's not used to her being like adolescent teenage where she's like protective of her body in that way where she's like you have to turn around, Dad. Like, she's used to, like, little girls who just, like, take their clothes off. And, like, he's, there's a change that happens with parents where, like, uh, your daughter becomes adolescent and becomes teenage. And then all of a sudden, like, 
you don't want to talk to your dad as much and you definitely don't want to talk to him about personal issues. The last time you probably spent a lot of time with her is when he was, she was like his little girl. And I think if she were like five years younger, what he was saying would have been more understandable. Like, you know, he's like, why, why would I turn Why would I turn around? You're my daughter. Or like, why, why don't you come back to bed? This is the only bedroom in the apartment. <laughs> I think it's a fair read. I think you're probably on track, but it doesn't come across that way at all. And it doesn't help that, again, her story about her friends that I don't care about and the fact that her band teacher hates her and then having a weird, like, redemption arc for this father relationship. The problem is, is that all you know at the beginning of the movie is that the mother's leaving him with her. She hates him. He's a huge asshole. Like, and then he's doing all these weird leering things and wanting to be close to her when she's in pajamas and stuff like that. And she's, like, trying to escape. Like, it, the movie is sending a very clear message that... That there is something disgusting and horrible going on here. So I think really, I think I think it's. Pr- I mean, I don't think so at all. I just think he's like a dad who doesn't understand that like his daughter wants personal space from him, and yet he's like forced to be in a very intimate space with her. Like he's very uncomfortable when she comes to visit him. He doesn't have a second bedroom for him. They have to move two twin beds apart for her. I don't think it's supposed to be like leering and creepy at all. I, I don't think it's two like, twin beds. It's 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 it's, it's a double it's, bed. It's right? double bed. Yeah, it's one bed. It's uh, two beds. There's a scene where the pa- he's pushing the pallets apart when she first uh, arrives. But they're definitely together when she gets out of bed. I mean, like they're like three feet apart in a different bed, but they're in the same room. I I don't know. I rewound that scene because. I don't know if it's just a bunch of lucky camera angles, but I saw no scene where there was any discernible space between those two beds. Yeah, the two beds are the two beds are split apart. They're on these pallets, and I actually spent a weird amount of time thinking about the pallets because I was like, he's clearly supposed to be like a working class guy, right? Like he's like a higher end of working class. Um, yeah, because of, because the working guy thing. He's addressed as a professor all the time, eh? at least in my subtitles. So I, I don't get it. Is he like is he pro- a professor for meat in meatology <laughs> or I don't know? That's not a real you guys, thing, right? You guys don't have meat professors in Europe? <laughs> no. Do you have... Okay, but maybe in Hungary there are meat professors everywhere. Meat professors... I don't know. Meat professor sounds like a failed fast food mascot as attempt to, like, lure kids into thinking f- yeah. the food is Oh, healthy. no, you're not the, the, the hamburglar. You're the meat professor. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> like for a smart kids. teach you about kids. how delicious a McNugget is. Yeah, we have meat professors. We have meat colonels. There's Colonel Sanders. He's a meat... <laughs> um, meat clowns, uh, Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Meat kings, of course, the Burger King. Um, meat meat gingers, Wendy's. Uh, meat bells, Taco Bell. <laughs> meat bells. <laughs> I mean, the meat professor at least is a learned man of science, as opposed to a, yeah. a thief, a authoritarian uh, dictator. Uh, Object, <laughs> uh, a creepy clown. I mean, meat professor bell. like Trump. All <laughs> I guess this is a cultural thing too. Parsing out what his economic situation is, because clearly he couldn't pay that fee to to keep the dog. I think he didn't want to pay it because he's an asshole. That's possible. Is that he's just like he's like I'm not paying a fucking penny for this mutt. Probably wasn't only it was only six hungry dollars or whatever. <laughs> Wait a minute. 
he can totally afford the fee. They're not communicating these poor because later in the movie, he says, after she's arrested, he's in the police station. He says, we'll go get a dog. So at that point, he's like willing to pay the fee. I think you're right. I think he just didn't want to pay the fee. Because he's a meat professor. <laughs> because he's a meat professor. Mm, he uh, has the sweet, like sweet meat, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to circle back to the thing, though, that you said, Peter, is that I think you're right that the movie agrees that it's not supposed to be uh, leering and creepy because obviously I think uh, if if I was right, it's a weird redemption arc and it never addresses it fully. <laughs> so I think you're right that that's what the movie's trying to do, but it feels weird and creepy and immediately was like, fuck this guy. And then, of course, the whole thing with the yeah. dog and it, like I was so far gone from – her story, their relationship, him having a redemption arc that, like, most of that part of the movie did not work for me at all. But this movie is not subtle um, at all. Oh, no, it is not. <laughs> yeah, which is actually kind of part of the fun. Because I've, I've talked about it in the show, I am not a movie crier. I'm actually not much of a real-life crier much anymore anyways, but I'm not a movie crier. When the, she starts to play the trumpet for Hagen and the crowd, I just about broke down crying. So I can say, generally speaking, this is a few minutes late, but generally speaking, I had, I think, a very positive reaction to the movie. Uh, I quite like it. Yes, you're right. It's a little sweaty in the middle. It doesn't need to have the degenerate friends and the band concert stuff. Yeah. She could have just been really into music on her own. And that could have been like, and even if the band concert stuff could have been cut down to a few minutes and, or, and I was fine with the um, degenerate friends thing because in my mind, because she didn't have Hagen, she was turning and latching on to anybody for a support system because she resented her father and hated her father. Dogs can be these great companions, these like wholesome, helpful companions. I agree with you. There's a sweaty, there's a very sweaty second act of the movie, but I do not understand the poverty stuff at all. Like that's something I'm literally going to throw away. Like in my brain, I'm just going to throw that away because I don't, I don't give a shit about his, like him trying to make this about poverty. I think it's about humans and animals relationships. So yeah. So the, the human part though, I mean, none of that. Yeah. Fine. That's the point it was trying to make, but it's so on the surface and like interspersed with um, breaks to that story of 20 minutes more interesting stuff with uh with Hagen that it is just a I think it's a complete waste of time even if it's I get the story it's trying to tell it just isn't doing it good it's not committing to it that's not the most interesting thing in the movie and the movie doesn't need it the movie could all be about uh Hagen and still have like her at the beginning and end but anyway so that's a little bit of Monday morning uh quarterbacking Monday morning directing uh <laughs> I want to talk about the poverty thing for a second because I think the idea of dogs in place of poor and the underclass and kind of following their story um, is really original if you've never seen a Disney movie from the 80s or 90s. That's <laughs> uh, brutal Oliver and Company, right? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Even with his little friend that's kind of like his little sidekick who's great. He's Who my gets favorite. killed He's my and, favorite and very unceremoniously. <laughs> Yeah, very unceremoniously. He's my favorite dog in the movie. The I don't the Eddie from Frasier dog, <laughs> but a little, but a little less. Let's call him that. Uh, yeah, uh, let's assume it is Eddie, like post Frasier. He's I think out it's of all Eddie. His royalty yeah. checks. Yeah, he's like he he, he, he fucked up, man. He went to Europe to get some paychecks. Yeah. Um, uh, he had to pay some alimony. He the D too often. 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, the message, the poverty message. I think it's very hypocritical. Like the only there's a homeless person who I thought, oh man, this is somebody who's who's gonna take Hagen in, who's gonna be a positive uh, force in his life, and he's just such a fucking dick as any other person in this movie. He just beats him, and in this world, he would sell him into slavery, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Why? He's a homeless person. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why he's portrayed very negatively, and it's surprising to me. Yeah. And he's portrayed very positively for about 30 seconds. Yeah. And then they, okay, so uh, I'm choosing to throw away the director's interpretation of the work. Which I, which I think Fine by fair. me, because I don't think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, I think that the movie is really well made, but I think that it's uh, very specifically about how we mistreat animals and sort of like a third act Twilight Zone twist, what if... The animals could intelligently rise up and make us understand that, like, there is a power struggle going on. We're just so smart that we, like, can basically eliminate it. I think that, the, like, the man versus animal thing is, like, the whole the whole story. I think it's interesting enough to carry a movie. I think the director got self-conscious when he was on the uh, the talk circuit and he was like, well, this can't just be a movie about killer dogs. Yeah, that Hungarian talk show circuit, man. <laughs> like, I think he was getting interviewed about this movie and he was like, I, he's like, actually, it's not about animals at all. He's actually in the movie. The director is in the movie. He plays a part. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he's the guy who owns the, uh, you know, the food place. Oh. No, no, the the guy who uh, sells Hagen to the uh, dog fighting yeah. guy. Yeah, and he gets he gets killed. Oh later. my god. Yeah. If I were a director, I would murder myself in every movie. <laughs> he gets if I was killed. A director, I would do the same thing to you, Peter. <laughs> he gets killed because Hagen Hagen holds a grudge. He's he's very everybody who yeah. has slighted him in the slightest way gets killed brutally except for like they take mercy on the uh, riot cops like they just run over the riot cops i don't think they take mercy. But, the but they run the riot cops kill a the, bunch of them and they retreat the funny thing is they they run over everybody they they um they mufasa the you know the dog pound lady yeah mufasa themselves. and that's the other thing is i think this movie is a 90 minute movie that's a little too long it uh and it has a lot of like the third act is a straight up horror movie the woman gets mauled and she's in that bathtub and there's like dim light and she's covered with blood and uh the director uh gets killed off screen but he's like come here max come here max and then you know it's it's smash cuts away to imply that like he got a horrible horrible end because this is one that sold him into into dog fighting i think the movie and the director kind of are shying away from its exploitation roots or its exploitation uh, applicability and in that way it's it's kind of interesting because the first time i saw it i thought it was this like art house movie and it was never going to give me you know this sort of like dogs revolting like i wanted this animal apocalypse thing where these dogs take over the city i thought the, the movie was never gonna give me that and then it gives it to you so much in yeah. so many ways and it's like oh it's not really like this art house subtle movie it is a broad aggressive 
and kind of fun movie about a girl who loves her dog very much and the society that stands between them. But here's my problem a little bit with that. So I agree with you. and I want to get into some of the scenes later on here because that last 40 minutes is like expertly shot. It does action really well. It's got a lot of like Paul Greengrass type fast camera movements that work really well. <laughs> Which make it feel more art house because yeah. it's like European handheld camera work and you're like, ooh, ooh, artsy. It could be called the Bone Supremacy. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Do you get it? Um, No, please explain it. So the first one would would actually be the bone identity. uh, And then if they made a third one, it would be the bone ultimatum. And then if they had one starring a different dog, it would be the bone legacy. Anyway, uh, the bone legacy is also going to be the title of my autobiography. Peter, you keep anything in there that works. When you're editing this or cut it all out. Yep. Delete it all. Um, So (laughs) just delete it all. So here's the thing. So you're right. Malik the fuck out of us. Yeah. Um, so when, when humans do it, like the straw dogs example, the I spit on your grave, which I haven't seen, but I understand the concept. The here, here's why those kind of fascistic revenge movies, ultra violent movies work is because as a person who is pushed to the breaking point and then is able to fight back with violence, you can think to yourself, if this person is found by the authorities. They might end up going to trial, but they're probably going to be able to get some sort of special circumstances. They're going to get self-defense. As a human being, they're going to have certain rights. And so as a result, that kind of joy that you get in the cinema of seeing someone take their bloody revenge is not being invaded by the real world. Because in the real world, that person could potentially still be fine. In this movie... All those dogs, I'm so glad they got their revenge. I love seeing everyone getting that was terrible and uh, dog torturers and all these people getting killed. It was satisfying in the moment. But the problem is, is that because they're dogs, uh, they're all going to be put down. They're not going to get a trial. They're not going to be like, well, they did their murderous rampage where they killed our citizens. Now they seem calm. We're going to go put them in a big open field somewhere. Like all the ending for all of those dogs is they're going to be killed. The second the authorities arrive, maybe a couple will escape. So that kind of like feeling of satisfaction that you get from those revenge type movies is a little bit absent here because these dogs don't have a happy ending. I disagree that every revenge movie uh, gives you that re- that gives you that revenge. Either a lets the protagonist get off like scot free and lets the protagonist escape. And I, and I think that at the end of the movie, yes, they're going to be killed. And like, it would be kind of nice if they could find an elegant way to have it be like. Well, now the dogs are peaceful and they can, like, run out of town or something. I don't know. The weird thing is that the way people react to events like this is that, like, people freak out about one rabid dog. People will start national outrages about one rabid dog. This is a concerted, organized effort. Which they say they're like organized like an army. I disagree with that. They're specifically targeting people like a people. Yeah, like people would. They're kind of just running and then like they retreat at a certain point. Like I think dogs would. The problem is that at the end of the movie, even if those specific dogs live, it is going to create a situation wherein the awful rules about breed restrictions that I fucking hate 
in cities and I fucking hate around the world. Those weird breed restriction rules and these rules about like, you know, these these, uh, shelters that put down dogs like crazy because they're just like, who cares? Those kinds of reactions to dog overpopulation are going to get way crazier now because there was an organized dog army in the streets. (laughs) So I agree with you. The ending, no matter, even if they got away, it is not going to teach the humans the right lesson. It only taught the dad a lesson. Yeah, and I don't care about that story. The girl always believed in Hagen's goodness, and she was rewarded for it in a sense that Hagen didn't maul her. She believed in Hagen's goodness. She was able to calm him and and stop this this thing. I agree with you in the sense that, like, this is not going to end well for these dogs or other dogs. Yeah, but I think the happy ending of... I mean, the, the happy ending for this movie, not that, like, a horror action movie needs a happy ending, but the implied happy ending is now the father and the daughter get along better while all of our favorite character dogs are probably going to get put down. No one's learned a lesson. Like, those two have maybe learned a lesson about being a having a better relationship, but no one else has learned a, le- a positive lesson. And they were the people that did this, like, to the dogs in the first place that caused them... People made the dogs into these monsters by their abuse, and they felt like they needed to, to fight to get back. And then the ending is that now the dogs are probably going to have it even worse. Like, it's it's a very confusing point or, like, feelings that the, the movie's supposed to leave you because I didn't... Their ultimate revenge fantasy is supposed to make you feel good. And while it's expertly shot and entertaining to watch and feels good in the moment, it's it made me feel terrible about how they were pushed to the brink, but they're still going to suffer the consequences. Yeah, and it's tough because, like, she might be able to save Hagen. She might be able to save a couple of the dogs. But, like, yeah, you're right. A significant portion of them are going to be murdered. But I think the point of the ending is not supposed to be this is a happy ending no this is a purely sad ending i think it's supposed to be this sort of melancholy ending because it is a treaty between humans and dogs the terms of the treaty are going to be all these dogs get murdered but for the dogs um i think it's supposed to be sort of a melancholy ending i think it's supposed to be this ending wherein these animals are following hagen Hagen has been sated and reminded of goodness that can be in people. He's like resigning his bloody campaign on people, even though it means he's losing. He's going to lose. And I think the idea that like they could have won is absurd in 2015. It's the idea that like he's like, well, it was going to end anyways. Here's where it ends. So me with the one girl that I love more than anything, like she reminded him of like, inherent sweetness that he had the whole movie before humans beat the fuck out of him. So, Peter, uh, German Peter, do you think, what do you think? Do you think that's a satisfying conclusion? Like, what, I know we kind of, we've been talking a lot now just because I think it's, Peter and I don't always disagree to this level, but uh, what, what were your thoughts on that whole, do you think the ending works? Do you think what we're left with is good? I always thought the movie is setting up some uh, something like a Planet of the Dogs, you know, yeah. Rise of the Planet of the Dogs type of thing, which is ridiculous, of course, <laughs> like with Hagen in the, what's he called, Caesar role. Then they get, you know, pacified by this girl and, you know, Hagen's gonna get shot in the head probably, so... Uh, I agree with you, Aaron. I think it's 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 a little bit unsatisfying because we know it's not going to end well. And I think they 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 want to have it both ways. They want to have a like this is the new 
order here. We're going to make a planet of the dogs, <laughs> whatever the fuck. But they also want to have reconcile with uh, Hagen and, and the girl. And it, it would have been more satisfying if, on the one hand, Hagen would have just, you know, attacked the girl, which is horrible, of course. But, <laughs> but it, it would have been, it would have made more sense because he's his own thing now, no? He doesn't need any humans anymore. It also makes an interesting point of like humans can break dogs to the breaking point and at least would subvert. A level of expectation. One thing that I, I just took a moment to look up. So the U.S. population is 318.9 million people. There are estimated 73 million dogs in the U.S. It would be kind of interesting if somehow Hagen's pain caused some sort of like global dog uprising like you guys are kind of referencing the problem is this director clearly thinks he's making some sort of yeah treaties on you know something far grander and he doesn't want to make a genre movie <laughs> but that would have maybe been the path to a satisfying ending if like every dog on earth revolted because 73 million dogs to a population of 318.9 million that's a not inconsiderable rebellion numbers. There are certainly much more dogs than apes, I guess. <laughs> That's true. That's there's we we bring dogs into our home and make them nice and fat and strong. Uh, we don't like bring chimps into our home and like like hey, uh, it'd be really cute if you had like nine more chimps and I could give you out to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Only if we call James Franco. Yeah. Yeah, wait till 1991 when the chimp household is a common, common thing. I just, I guess this movie should have just solved it the way all these movies do, do. Uh, and that's what I thought it was going for. Like that opening shot on the empty street and the girl riding her bike. I thought it was going to be something like you know, 99.9 percent .9 of the human population died of a plague. Like that solves almost all the problems of this movie. It makes it makes you not know where the dog uprising's happening. You can even basically have the same story of like this town has kind of banded together and they still have their dogs, but now they're they're being more uh, careful about what dogs are registered. So it's like this weird like uh, fascistic idea of like your you know show me your dog's papers and all that stuff because there's much less of a people to control everything and they're trying to rebuild civilization with you know kids going to parties they're doing their own thing because kids are wouldn't be affected if you know on some level if that many people died and uh you know they're trying to bring music back in so that's why the teacher is is so frustrated with everyone because he's trying to like force art back into the world of all these kids like it solves all the problems and then the ending isn't like well they're gonna there's there's machine guns everywhere that are gonna go kill all these people or all these dogs eventually like literally you could tell the same movie and it solves all your problems and Hungary, Hungary already kind of looks like it went through an apocalypse in this movie. It's funny because it's it's filmed in uh, it's filmed in Budapest, like it's the capital. It's at times pretty, and at other times it looks like very poverty stricken. It's a very interesting location to shoot a movie like this because you're because like, have we talked about how insane it is that they shot this movie with real dogs? Yeah, CGI? it's totally so insane. I it's the most fascinating thing about the movie. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, I feel like we've it's talked sweet. about how the themes are a little muddled and some bigger parts don't work, but there is a lot I like about this movie. So We are much bigger assholes than all the Hungarian people in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about that because 278 dogs, no CGI. This movie has some of the best dog acting I have ever seen. It actually won the um, Palm Dog Award in Cannes. Did not know that was a thing. Good for Cannes. And Palm Dog is a very, very bad pun on Palm Door, I guess. <laughs> can we please, can we please just have a uh, second podcast where we just award dog awards <laughs> and like have brutal, scathing uh, reviews of dog performance? I'd love to. I'd love to. That dog was a piece of shit. <laughs> This dog certainly uh, phoned this one in. <laughs> oh, I think this dog slept with the director. That's how I got this part. <laughs> oh, casting coach dog. Oh, that'd be that'd be an awesome podcast concept. It's just <laughs> reviewing dog performances. But seriously, the dog performances in this movie are, are insane. Hagen is such an emotive dog and the movie wouldn't work if Hagen wasn't so emotionally versatile mm -hmm. like the way that they can get him to like snarl like that and then like turn himself around within the same scene is like pretty goddamn impressive he's played by twin dogs really yeah oh my god it's the That's full awesome. house of of Hungarian dog apocalypse movies they're the they're the Olsen sisters of dogs yeah <laughs> <laughs> We did Airbud at the beginning of this month, which this movie is sort of a riff on Airbud. Like it is, I, I have that. Yeah, I have if that. If Airbud too. got too many technical fouls and just went off the deep end. <laughs> well, that and like the Airbud finds his kid at the basketball practice, and Hagen <laughs> finds um finds Lily at the band practice uh, inexplicably. I love Hagen, but he's a total idiot at the band practice. Eh? He just has to shut yeah. up, but he doesn't. Eh? He fucks everything so, up. Her and Hagen have this sort of like equals relationship, which is the way a lot of people, like a lot of kids have relationships with dogs, where dogs don't see like the kid as, the, you know, the dominant force. The dogs just see the kid as another weird fucking dog. Uh <laughs> Hagen walks all over her like he's like anxious and yelps and she just goes and immediately calms him down and like when she's at the dog park with him and she sees another dog like being perfectly trained I think it's like a shepherd or something a dog being perfectly trained she's like I would never do that to you and then he just immediately like jumps in her lap and starts barking and you're like it's it's, it's very stupid because the only thing the guy with the shepherd does is like sit and stay like, like very very basic shit <laughs> and she I would never do that to you that oh I would never do that <laughs> I would never force you to sit and guess what uh, my dog loves to sit because he thinks like Oh shit, if I sit down, I'm gonna get an awesome treat out of yeah. this. Like, he's comforted by the, like, give him treats for rewarding him for certain actions when I, like, ignore him, when he's, like, being bad. Like, there's, like, a, the whole dominance training thing has been really great for my dog. Like, his anxiety since we got him has gone down so much. And the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, oh, well, she's treating the dog like how a little kid would treat the dog. Like, she's not disciplining the dog because she sees it as, like, just, like, a straight up friend. And, like, that's why the poverty thing gets so weird, because I'm watching this movie and I'm like, yeah, like, she needs to teach this dog, like, some discipline so he can be a well-behaved dog and, like, not, you know, cause a bunch of fucking issues for her. Well, now it's especially important for you to do the dominance thing because after seeing this movie, you know what your dog is capable of 
if <laughs> he thinks he can be your equal. Don't cross him. Don't don't fuck with that don't dog. Cross him. Yeah, the dog being so poorly trained is kind of part of the message of the movie as she sees him as this like beautiful equal. This like this amazing friend that she would never never change him. Those are kind of the the naivety of her character, but sort of like the beautiful naivety of her that like leads to the ending is that she's just like I want this dog to be my best friend, and I know a few ways to calm him down because like I know him that well. Yeah, I think again, I think that works. I just didn't care about her story at all in the middle, but. Not to get back into that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the last 40 minutes because I'm, I, I feel like I'm I feel like that really is the meat that Professor Meat is offering uh, during this movie because everything else there's there is some really good stuff before that. There's also some very hard it's to meet syllabus. Yeah, there's also some very hard to watch stuff. Uh, the scenes of Hagen getting uh, kind of trained to be a dog fighter. Yeah, that's absolutely brutal. It's right. absolutely brutal. And I do appreciate that, like, they they do stuff like cutting away. Like, there's that part where he's, like, moving the dog on the chain and they never show that. They, um, they just see the chain moving and you hear uh, a dog, dog yelping in pain. But that still is really tough to hear because a dog yelping in pain is, like – Probably the most like sympathetic inducing noise uh, on the planet. I think it even beats like a baby's cry because if it's not your baby, a baby's cry is just annoying. And even if it is your baby, 50% of the time, it's just like, oh, my God, I, this thing's been crying for two hours. Just shut up. I, I went from sympathy to wanting this to end as quickly as possible. We're like, you hear any dog yelp. And it is just like a dagger into your soul. There's actually a sort of um, evolution that happened coincided with dogs and people. So like dogs are obviously it's like wild wolves and wild coyotes and just like wild animals that we needed it to domesticate. And over well, the I'll years, try to confirm that with Professor Meat, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, professor on dog meat. Animals needed to be evolved over the years through breeding into these like specific breeds for specific purposes. But generally, we made them nicer and more obedient and more loyal and serving. And we also, over the years, over the, the you know, thousands of years grew to like get really attached to that noise so hearing a dog yelping in pain is yeah it's just like i think it's like i haven't hearing a baby cry it's like this it taps into something unpleasantly primal where you just like want the like the pain to stop for that dog and that makes dog abuse that much worse that you're like do you seriously not like feel the way that i feel when you hear that animal yelping like what's the what the fuck is wrong with you yeah i know people treat like we have a big dog fighting problem in the u.s like i know people in the u.s love dogs and we also have a like dog fighting problems like that's that's a thing like a quick side question was michael vick showed this movie (laughs) yeah he classifies it as a comedy though (laughs) yeah he laughed all the way to the end uh, till the trumpets played (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was like wait wait i didn't get to see the dogs get shot (laughs) or or he's like oh a dog treadmill I should have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, he's taking notes. Yeah, I actually, at the end of this movie, or in this that whole section of the movie, I, like, felt the same sort of frothing anger that a revenge movie wants you to feel, which is also why this movie worked so well for me as just, like, a straight movie, like, no subtext, uh, is, is that, like, 
Uh, I felt the frothing anger where I was like, I want to go break up a dog fighting ring and I fucking hate these people. I can't remember the last time I've hated movie characters more than I hated the dog fighting ring people. I, li- I like how he's so, he's so very uh, unimaginative with the name for Hagen. He's so like Max. Yeah. This is stupid. <laughs> he's a big Rushmore Max. fan. Yeah. Come on, Max. <laughs> That's not a dog name. It's a person's name. Yeah. <laughs> This is coming from uh, a man who named their dog after a pension uh, a pension book. So yeah, it's <laughs> for me. I'm a I'm a, I'm I'm a very hipster naming person. <laughs> and I named Doug after the fact that it sounds like dog. <laughs> I like that. That's 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 good actually. It it confused it confused um uh, our daycare provider. Kept thinking that the our our daughter did not know the name of our dog because she's almost three. <laughs> so. If you're not around her all the time, you know, it's kind of like, uh-huh, what? Uh, but, like, I understand everything she's saying. But our but our daycare brother was like, oh, we got a new – she was saying we have Doug. We have a new Doug. Uh, and we have, we have a good Dougie because that's what my wife and I say all the time because we find it <laughs> funny. Who's a good Dougie? <laughs> but uh, it was like it was like six months. And finally I said, oh, yeah, no, his name's Doug. And she's like, oh, I thought you just kept calling him Dog. No, that's funny. It is good to immediately assume the child is an idiot. Yeah, especially yeah, from someone who spends 40 hours. Good nanny, I think. So you guys are both dog owners. Uh, yeah, I have three dogs. And I would love to meet all of your dogs. Um, I love dogs as well. Uh, I have a dog. And I, the, the whole like purebred and like the mixed breed thing in this movie, it really pisses me off. And that like, it got me, it got to the core of something that pisses me off a lot because like in America, and I don't know if this is true in Germany, I'll let Peter speak to this in a moment, but, but in America we have like bad breeds where it's like pit bulls are like mean breeds and like Dobermans and shepherds and like these animals are like known as like mean and aggressive uh, and like that's not true. It's just that people make these into aggressive, mean, violent dogs and then are like surprised when a pit bull bites somebody. And you're like, well, you treated it like you were violent with this dog for years. Yeah, it's going to be violent back. Like, yeah, that's like a big thing in America right now. This like fight over different breeds. And, like it was very hard to find an apartment that would take our dog, who's a husky shepherd. Because those are two aggressive breeds. It's like a big fucking pain in the ass. I'd never heard about this before you said it was a real thing, Peter. Do you really want to have a German guy speak about pure breeds? <laughs> yes, I do. Because I do because it's a weirdly... People talk about how their, their dog is a pure breed. And I'm like, I love a lot of pure breed dogs. But like... People like say that like as if their purebred dog is somehow better than other dogs, and I'm like, no, it does. It's not. It's just whether or not you treated this dog like shit for the first half of its life. Uh, and true to form, I have a purebred dog, so yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess all three of mine are purebreds too. He's a lab, yeah. So it's just like it's a very interesting thing, like the the breeding thing, and this movie has some of it where. They're like those apartment building doesn't allow in these mutt breeds, and I'm like, I think that the government per se doesn't allow them, right? Yeah. In this movie, I don't know. It's, it's one of the things that's so strange to me because it's never really explored why. Maybe it's just a given for Hungarian audiences. Maybe it's just a given. Like, yeah, like you can't have a dog. You can't have these weird breed dogs. Uh, one thing I know the Hungarian government. I, I don't know if I can say this is, is super duper hyper racist. <laughs> Um, oh really? Yeah, um, they're in the Euro- European Union as well, and they won't take any Syrian refugees at all. Oh Jesus Christ! So we have really kind of a big problem with them right now. 
That's okay. You can say that. Fuck Hungary. Uh, don't fuck Hungary. Fuck the fuck the leader of Hungary. Fuck that leader. Viktor Orban. He's a dick. So I said it. <laughs> the U.S. has hemmed and hawed on the Syrian thing too, and that's because we had shitty le- we have and had shitty leaders. Oh yeah, fuck time. our leader too. He's extremely right wing. He just suspended all the free press stuff. That's coming. That's that's September for us. He's going to start shooting dogs in the street because yeah. Trump is not a dog person. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, he's the first president to not own a dog. Somehow makes me more madder than anything I heard about. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really primal. Like I, I understand people who don't want to own a dog. Like that's it's a big responsibility. Like it's just like with like anything like he he doesn't have to care for the dog. Obama didn't have to take walks with his dog. If you're the president, you just can have a dog. There's somebody who can take care of your dog. That's just for true. photo you just, ops. You just get to have the dog for the fun parts. You can just, have, wh- what was his name, Bo? Yeah, Bo. Yeah, like you can have the dog just for fun. Like, and then the, the, somebody else feeds the dog, takes the dog to the vet, takes the dog on walks and cleans up the dog's shit. All you get to do is like cuddle with the dog on a couch. Like, why would, the, why would Donald Trump be like, not interested? Well, you know no. why, right? Donald Trump is a narcissist. And if you take a picture with the dog... The dog gets all the attention, so... Yeah, that, that's that's where the problem is. Is there a very orange breed, maybe? <laughs> like a breed with bad hair. <laughs> so let's move to the last, the last bit so that uh, we can let Peter uh, go to sleep. Uh. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm fine. Oh, good. Yeah, let's let's do some scenes or, yeah, last... If you want to talk about the last bit a little bit, because that, that is the big scene. Like, that is... On Netflix, that's like the screenshot that they show. Uh, that that was the most interested I was to like, okay, what is going on here? Obviously, we talked about the stunt work or, you know, the dog work. Pretty insane. But the the sequence where they're chasing – are you talking about the sequence where they're chasing Lily? Oh, no. I, that, that's great too. That That is great. Um, I was talking about the final scene where they're all kind of uh, bowed okay. and there's that aerial shot. But, yeah, I'd much uh, – It is one of the best um, shots, I um, think, of the best. Can we maybe talk about the scene where they uh, actually attack the humans for a bit? Yeah. Let's talk about all this stuff, because, guys. Because I have okay. something here. Uh, because it's, it's very tense and it's it's very uh, well made. And um, But there's one thing. Um, one of the dogs attacks one of the trash men. And he's he's very adamant of keeping his trash his trash bag. <laughs> like no no no. He's the golem. Yeah. Of he just he, um, at least in the subtitles he's saying, um, I want to keep this trash. <laughs> at least in my version. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's the most the best trashman in the world, I guess. He's so loyal. He's so loyal to his trash. <laughs> The dog is very clearly not attacking him, but he's just he just wants to grab the trash bag, but he he's he, he's not getting any of that. I don't think they even put subtitles or it was like no dog. I didn't know that he was like supposed to be the the orchestra on the Titanic going down. <laughs> he's like, I may die, but at least I died knowing you didn't get my trash. This trash is getting compacted. As Lucy is like this like city worker, like don't you think they could suspend trash for like I don't know, a couple days, 
three days while they figure out this whole uh, roving rabid dog situation. It's fine if a bunch of people die in the streets, but the last thing this guy wants is some trash in there. <laughs> no, not on his watch. He's, he's a, a, an off-duty trash man. He's doing it, uh, you know, for the for the love of the game. Um, and another thing that, which I'd like to talk about was at the beginning of the movie, did you guys notice that his her father was giving her a bubble maker as a gift? Yeah. <laughs> And he was making bubbles with that and got caught by his colleague, so... Uh, I'm too old for that <laughs> shit. And I'm like, listen, I know you're not happy to be here, <laughs> but, like, be chill. This dude doesn't want you to be here any more than you want to be there. That really yep. lends credence to uh, Peter Moran's thoughts on their relationship at the beginning, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, like but... That, like, that he was giving a gift. It's still weird, though. It's so insane, because um, even if he hasn't connected her with her in a while, you wouldn't give her a bubble maker. No, I know. That's not even a gift. (laughs) Like, here's the thing about adults. Uh, They were kids. Like, all of them. 100% of adults were kids. And I feel like you would have known as an adult that at 13 you wouldn't have been impressed with, like, soap with air in the center. You couldn't even impress Hagen, I think. No. Yeah, I think... He would be like... Dad's like, I'm not sleeping with dogs, and I'm like, I have my dog's bed like right next to my bed. And then when my I was out of town, my girlfriend actually actually slept on my side of the bed to sleep closer to a dog. <laughs> so that just shows you the difference between dog people and not dog people. Yes, well, he's, 60, a, he's a cat person. Sixty six percent of our dogs sleep in the actual bed. Really? Yeah. I guess uh, they're smaller. Yeah, our dog is like a fifth. 50 pound like shepherds or shepherd husky thing so he's like he'd be too big in the bed too fucking hot Doug has to unfortunately sleep downstairs but the two Shiba Inus are in the bed with us let's talk about the vanilla sky scenes the kind of empty empty Budapest towns um Because I, I love that. I love it in Vanilla Sky. I love any times like there's in, in 28 Days Later, there's something immediately oh, yeah. unnerving about like a fully functioning city that is completely empty save for a single character or something like that. The funny thing is I, I, I've been to Budapest and I've been I've walked over this very same bridge where Hagen and the girl walks over. I nearly oh, reeled right. over the fucking bridge because I um, was a little bit, you know... In Germany, we like to do this thing where we drink alcohol for fun. I don't know if you guys... Oh, we're doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're doing it right right now. We only do this show, so we have an excuse to drink. Yeah, on a Tuesday. Oh, right, yeah. I didn't know that. I think I thought I'd I'd stay sober for that. (laughs) (laughs) Next time. Did you think Budapest was pretty at all? Or was the city kind of like... Did it look like this? Like sort of like dead and strange? I thought it's a very pretty city. It's it's shown in the most negative way it could have been portrayed at all. Well, I'm not surprised because it's trying to show poverty. So it's probably – it's really – it's trying to – which is why, again, I thought that this was going to be some sort of weird dystopian future because um, – Yeah, I thought have, so too, yeah. Yeah, you have the empty streets and then you have like weird overzealous like – people going door to door to to register dogs <laughs> and stuff like that i'm like okay i'd like to call them the dog gestapo because that's it was what they are. yeah like they are the dog gestapo who's there like one neighbor calls and bright and early like tell me more about your dog is he registered like there's no one no one is that into it's it's either they're bit and they're gone like they bit someone and now they're gone or 
maybe you'd get a call four days later when the guy was like, I guess maybe I'll call this guy and see if he actually has this dog. Like, that's an overzealousness that only makes sense in a dystopia. So I really thought that's where this movie was going. Yeah, it confused me to no end because uh, every time every time Hagen is somewhere, they already are there. The dog Gestapo is always there. <laughs> Like they track him or something. I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Has there ever been a movie or a TV show where dog catchers were portrayed in a positive light? <laughs> no, no, never. <laughs> it's funny because I thought the same thing. Dog catchers are always evil. Yeah. Every time. Eh? Despite the fact that, like, I think if uh, in real life, I think if a dog catcher showed up, I'd be like, oh, thank God, I was being mauled by the <laughs> yeah. dog. The heroes in real life, I guess. Yeah. But we hate the them. He's always <laughs> Yeah, if I'm calling a dog catcher in real life, they're probably I probably look at them as a hero for uh, taking this pit bull off my arm or whatever the fuck is happening. But but uh, I'd be very interested how you how you can become a dog catcher. What's your what's your story? <laughs> they're like, hey, you ever choked a dog before? <laughs> Want to go? Well, how do I think so? You know, did you see White God and thought? Ah, uh, that fucking Hagen. They just play us. us. <laughs> I'd love to shoot him in the head. <laughs> they, they just play the sound of like a dog uh, yelping, and then they look and see if uh, the the person, the ones who who gets a boner, is, yeah, that's hired. <laughs> great news, Peter. We were about to make the exact same joke. <laughs> Thank you. So we on. <laughs> um, I I can't think of a better version. Is international. Yeah, I was gonna say erection. I'm glad. Glad that you declassed it a little. Bit. We've had. I'm all for declassing, boys. We've had enough Professor Meat for one episode. Yeah, um, it's Professor Meat all over again. Yeah. So what? What are some? What are some final thoughts, you guys? Uh, my final thoughts in the film is that I think it largely works, but I actually have a similar problem to Aaron that I think that the ending, um, because the film is not dreamy it's sort of grounded in a, in a harsh reality the ending um kind of just makes me like anxious about what will happen next though the actual final shot is one of the most stirring i've ever seen in any movie uh and i do really really like the movie uh i guess trigger warning uh if you have any problems against dog violence just don't fucking watch the movie like just don't like there's some amazing stuff in this movie that i really want to show uh my girlfriend but as well, and in the Valley of Violence is another movie. Really want to show my girlfriend that movie. But uh, the, the dog, the dog violence. Don't really uh, think she can uh, hack that. So uh, yeah, if you've got a problem with that stuff, do not watch it. But if you think you can, you can swallow that. But you are a dog lover. I think this movie will work completely as a surface level dog revenge, dog rebellion movie. And I think it was a perfect way for us to cap uh, op Apocalypse Month. <laughs> uh, this is sort of a, a reaction to Air Bud in a weird way. Definitely not intended, but... Uh, I would totally but, watch an Air Bud movie called Air Bud colon White God. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called White God, though? I had no idea. Mm. I forgot to look it up. Oh, maybe because White... Isn't there this uh, the Sam Fuller movie White Dog? It's oh, that's it's totally a Sam Fuller thing. This might be an inverse of what we were talking about earlier, where they just had to give it an English title. Oh um, yeah, would be interesting if it's translated to White God as well, the Hungarian title. So that's it's some like it, it's referencing some um, 
South African philosophy thing, like is white God is from this perspective of a dog and watching us as God. And it's like, and, and loves us more than we love ourselves. Like it's this very strange philosophical concept. And I choose to just take, uh, Peter Schubert's yeah, way better. Uh, interpretation that it's a play on Sam Fuller's uh, movie. White do- yeah, Sam Fuller's White Dog. It's just an inverse. It's a clever inversion on that as opposed to a reference to something that the movie doesn't reference in anywhere in the text. I'm glad- it's not that clever though, right? Because yeah. it's three letters and... <laughs> I think the movie is not subtle at all, like we said already. So I think that it is perfect for... <laughs> For the movie, but yeah, I'm glad I don't ascribe to authorial intent because this is a perfect capper on like I don't think this director knows what the fuck he's talking about with this movie. But uh, I'll, I'll do the my my final thoughts quick. Great segue, always announce them. Um, I think this has a lot of great scenes and a lot of great moments. I just I think it's a little over long. I think the the story of the Lily and her dad doesn't work for me, and I think the what it's leaving you with where it's supposed to feel a little bit of conflicted triumph that they finally rose up against their oppressors because their dogs makes it feel a little, oh, I know what happens in the next scene. And I already didn't like seeing the dogs getting shot mercilessly in the subway, which we didn't talk about. I'm almost glad we didn't, but it's it's such a weird... It's a, it's a hard scene to watch with how they do play it like uh, rioting poor people getting shot down in the street. Um, except they're cute dogs. Uh, so I, I'm very I'm positive on this movie overall, but I think I think it could have done some stuff to really rise to a weird masterpiece level, and I just don't think it gets there. Yeah, I think that if it had either leaned into its genre roots. And gone way fucking weirder and actually like riffed off of a Planet of the Apes movie, it would have been, it would have worked. Also, if it had leaned into its art house roots and it decided it was going to completely negate realism, uh, it could have worked as well. Uh, just to, just to make that last, that last act really sink in. Though, like I said at the beginning of the show, that final shot, that final moment. Yeah is one of the most powerful things that I've seen in a movie in a while. And I almost never cry in movies. And I was just like welling up with tears as she was playing that, that uh, trumpet song. And yeah, it's, it's really, it was really powerful stuff in here. Peter, what were your overall thoughts? I already gave um, Glad we got that one last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm positive as well on the movie overall. Um, I think it's a little bit ham-fisted. It's it's so unsubtle. The the dot tricks are so fascinating to watch. The final shot is amazing. Can't say anything else. I would I would have loved to have uh, the movie everything cut out with the girl after she loses the dog, just concentrating on Hagen. And then just seeing her at the end again, I would have been fine with that. Yeah. I think my last thought is going to be a very stupid one, but the, <laughs> you know, her her elder girlfriend in the club scene says she's wearing Ed Hardy perfume, which is so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you also find that funny, because to me, I, I heard that and I was like, oh, please, please, God, don't tell me that people in Europe think Ed Hardy is cool. <laughs> 
Please don't tell me that was something that like made the made the uh, the jump. And I'm glad to hear you were like, oh yes, Ed Hardy is fucking lame as well. <laughs> I'm not sure if if Hungarians think it's cool, but um, <laughs> it's it's a punchline here as well because Ed Hardy, it, it's fucking disgusting piece of shit. Is it also, clothes, associated, yeah. is it, is it, is it also associated with douchebags? It, it certainly is, yeah. I mean, and that's and that's saying a lot from a culture that has embraced uh, Kevin James and Justin <laughs> Long. You know, we've crossed Hi. a lot of international bridges today. Uh, we hate our president. Uh, we can both make Schwarzenegger jokes, and uh, Ted Hardy is a douchebag. <laughs> I think so, that's so more you can ask of in this crazy world. Yeah, right. Uh, so, Peter, this was a blast. We cannot wait to have you back on. Um, what do you have anything Thank to yes. promote? Um, to promote, uh, I don't have anything going on right now, actually. But um, do you have a shout out to? Do you have a shout out to a crew? Um, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to greet my colleagues in the local Sinister Cinema. We have to work very hard because I can't work at the moment because <laughs> I. I worked too much in the past. I don't want to bore you with German. Uh, you probably work worked like law one eight hours or whatever. And they gave you like a yeah. month off, I assume. Yeah, my because it's, it's it's socialist heaven here. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Michael Moore sicko. Yeah, tell me more about this socialism thing. Yeah, it's 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 very socialist. <laughs> and yeah, um, I have a letterbox page. Oh yeah. Um, Peter Schubert on there as well. I've done a, some pretty interesting stuff about... It's called Run the Franchise, where I review it every Friday the 13th and every Nightmare on M Street movie. So if you want to read that, please do. I haven't even read that, and I was thinking I... about watching all my missing ones for this uh, Spooktober. So I am definitely going to check that out. I am most definitely going to be reading that tomorrow at work, because that's <laughs> fucking amazing. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on, Peter. This is awesome. Yes, like Aaron said, we're going to have to have yeah. you back on. Hopefully, we can find like a Saturday or a Sunday or something. So <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'll record at like a human hour, you know, when humans record podcasts. I'm just a, a mere German, not a human. <laughs> <laughs> no, more human than human. Yeah. <laughs> the, German, the German flag is. No. It is it. Uh, German national totem. The um, national anthem yes, is the white much. zombie song, more human than human. It is actually, yeah. Are, are you guys really into new metal over there still? Still, yeah. Um, it's it's very funny. I grew, I think I uh, I grew up with fucking corn and Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, and Bloodhound Gang. Is that is Bloodhound Gang new metal? I don't know. It's it's new something. It's new. Something. It's new. Definitely new with a new. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a new old Yeah, what we did, and it's still popular here. It's very popular. Oh, well, I, guess, I guess your country isn't the socialist paradise that I thought it was. Yeah, it's 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 not a paradise. It's a new paradise. <laughs> I, I I'm the resident uh, white zombie Rob Zombie defender on the show, so I under I understand the German people in a way that I don't I, think I, I I like more human than human. I like white zombie. I just don't like Dragula. <laughs> so, so I think we'd like to go out with a, a little song. I like to call. Rob Zombies. You don't want to. You don't want to announce Dracula. next month's. I do not. <laughs> Rob Zombie will tell you everything you so, need to know so. about next month. So.
so I actually haven't uh, given Peter the schedule because I was rapidly. We have we have a ton of guests next month, and I have like two vacations, and Peter is going to even try to come up here. So uh, I was piecing together the schedule kind of here at the last minute. So I have a rough schedule. Uh, next month we're doing we're doing the much threatened musical month. Uh, we're doing five straight weeks of it because I doubt we're ever going to get Peter to do it again because Peter. Share how your soul's broken by explaining your thoughts in general on the concept of musicals. Uh, this is gonna be like immersion therapy, uh, where you just face your fear dead on and see if you can come out the other side. All right, because uh, I hate like ninety five percent of musicals. I find every almost every musical convention really hammy, though I have enjoyed a couple of them in the past, which means there's hope. And I'm not going to be a negative asshole all of next month. <laughs> but but if he is, but if he is, you've been forewarned. Like we we try to do, we love to watch. We try to do the positive. We are we are doing this. We know where we kind of stand on this genre in general. Uh, I like the genre, but like any genre, there's a ton of musicals I don't like. And in general, Peter uh, is not a huge fan of this genre. There are exceptions to that rule. So. If this turns into a – this might turn into a lot of um, Dark City type episodes or bickering type episodes, but we, we are going in knowing that this is where we stand. And our goal was to watch five musicals that neither of us had seen so we could get it with a fresh eye on all these knowing where we stand in the genre. We didn't quite get there, but each of us have not seen four of these. So uh, we are doing – next week we are doing Xanadu to kick off the month. Uh, Brandon Lede is going to be uh, guesting on that episode. Uh, this is where the scheduling stuff gets a little weird because uh, while we're definitely doing that episode next week, I have not confirmed with Brandon that the date works. So, Brandon, hopefully next week you are on this episode. Uh, but the rest of it is all confirmed. So, the following week, Elizabeth Lundberg will be rejoining us, our Jim Cotta guest, to discuss Teen Witch, the one that Peter has seen. Uh, and then the following uh, week, Rachel Graff, which is our second foray into people we know in person as a co-worker of mine, will be joining us to talk about Newsies. Next week will be The Phantom of the Paradise, which is the one that I have seen. Uh, and we're going to be joined by Dustin and Adam Kosky. And then we are... Ending the month with a Peter and Aaron solo show to talk about Cabaret. So I have a couple promises for next month. I promise you that I will remain open-minded. And I promise you that the goal of this is to make me like musicals. not uh, And I will not come in with guns drawn trying to hate all these things. And we've picked a lot of options that are movies that I am very likely to like. It's a good spread. Uh, Xanadu is not a well-respected movie. But the ELO, baby. I'm a big ELO fan. Yeah. I'm an ELO fan. Me too. Uh, th- then after that, that'll be that'll be good then because it would suck if we found one musical that I liked and you were fucking livid about <laughs> it. But and then uh, all that jazz is a well-respected one that like I, I I should see as a film lover. Like we've got we've got a nice a nice spread going on. And Phantom of the Paradise fits in because I've been watching a lot of De Palma recently. And I think I, I got to knock this out right now while the iron is hot. So I think this is going to be a really fun month. And I promise you, I will try not to be an asshole in the spirit of musicals. I would be really shocked if you don't like Phantom of the Paradise, but we're going to get there.
Yes, yes, we will get there. And uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, Peter. Uh, thank you for joining us at this crazy hour. Hopefully next time we have on, like I said, we will have you on at a normal hour. Thank you, Peters. Pete one, Pete two. Oh, yeah. Um, Peter, do you want to participate in the thing that's happening right now where we just try and awkwardly leave the episode? Uh, excuse me, come again? Yeah, do you want to, do you want to just like be really awkward? We could just be awkward right now. Oh, I'd love to be awkward. Um, I'm in a Peter sandwich. Oh, yeah. So, so um, but but it's it's, everyone... it's kind of late for Peter. Maybe we can just no. say goodnight. How's the weather yeah. in Chicago? <laughs> it's it's it's. I don't know because I'm not in Chicago right now. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's even more awkward now. Oh, cool. Oh. We did it. So, Peter has not been listening to recent episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you want to, like, you guys want to maybe, like, stop. stop can we skip? Can, can, can we please yeah. stop this, please? For the love, yeah, so, I, I like it. The, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I want some more of it. All right. Good night. Good night. to watch if you want to get in touch with us please reach out to us at either our website wltwpodcast.com or our facebook group facebook.com backslash we love to watch and uh yeah reach out to us give us some feedback give us some support uh, suggest movies for the show all that we are also available on soundcloud TuneIn, stitcher and itunes thanks for listening